Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. It is an honor and a privilege to have one of my biggest mentors in life, Pastor Frank and Pastor Maureen, served here at Calvary Church for 26 years. In the last 11 years of that time, I was able to work on staff with them. And a couple of months back, uh, Maureen called and she said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. And I said, you're preaching for us on Sunday morning. It is an honor and a joy to have you here this morning. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that I have, I have yet to have lipstick on my cheek. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. You don't? Okay. I well, don't wear lipstick, I just kiss. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it saved me a whole uh, bunch of trouble um, at home, going home at night now. Yeah, yeah. Allie's anyway. scared of me, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you here. So excited Thank about you. you being here today. Thank you. Uh, bring us the, the Word of God. Thank you. It really is fabulous for me to be here. I just am feeling so at home and seeing so many wonderful faces that I've loved for a long time. It's been great, and it's an honor for me. I have a note from my husband. This is from FP. Frank has been appointed the Church Health Director for Eastern Ontario. He does a lot of meetings around the world with David Wells. He's a part of the Canadian Council of Churches and the PCCNA, which is Pentecostal Charismatic Churches of North America. He's part of the Roman Catholic Evangelical Dialogue, and he loves all of it. He's having a ball, and I wait on him hand and foot when he comes home. So everybody's happy. But he really is enjoying it, and he sends his love and regards to you. You know, we had great years in Peterborough. We love this city. We love this church, and we love this congregation. And it really has been a gift from God to us. Well, I'm hoping I don't say any silly things that aren't in my notes because sometimes I do that and it never turns out well. It was about 5 a.m. in the Ronald McDonald House on August the 6th, 2017. I had just come home from my granddaughter Maddie's room and was going to catch a few winks, and the phone rang. It was Sean. He said, Mom, get over here. I hung up the phone, ran out the door. The only thing I could say it was just like a half a block, just a couple minutes to get to the hospital. And uh, all I could say was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you know, and the worship sing, have been singing about that, and this worship s s 
group is just absolutely wonderful. When I get to heaven, I'm going to sing like Shireen, and I'm going to dance like Aaron. <laughs> See the way she does that? Oh, I just love it, but mine don't, won't. I just go in a heap. Just not going to work. When I got to the security of the hospital, there were a couple gentlemen that I was familiar with from coming and going and coming and going. And they looked at me and said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. My little girl's dying. And they let me through without all the rigmarole and uh, took the elevator up to three, got off the elevator, turned right. Her room number was 2009, the, day, the year she was born. And uh, I saw the chaos. Machines and people and just paraphernalia. And I knew something bad had happened. I worked in ICU and Emerge for almost 10 years, so I, I understood the chaos. I knew something bad had happened. When I went, stepped in the room, Sean pulled me over to where he was sitting and said, sit right here, Mom. And we watched. And there were a couple doctors trying to be very congenial and helpful in, in talking to us about what was actually happening, and all I heard was blah, 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 blah. My head was somewhere else. But they were being very kind. And I looked up and I saw the nurse that was behind Maddie's head, and she was squeezing a green ambu bag, and my heart dropped. An ambu bag meant she probably wasn't breathing. And I just said, oh God, oh God, be my strength. I don't know how to do this. Right after that, somebody came in with a plastic carton, like a laundry carton, full of 50 cc syringes of blood like tons of it, and I thought, there's not any way they can pump all of that into her. Anyway, it was only a few minutes later when they realized that she wasn't coming back. And Sean squeezed my hand so hard, he cut the, the blood off to my wrist. He just said, what do we do now? The only thing I know to do is talk to Jesus. He's the only one that knows the beginning from the end, knows what's going to happen, can change anything. He's the one in charge. The snow is here because I'm in sales, not management. There wasn't anything I could do in that hospital room that day. There was nothing more that could be done. So I want to take you back to a scene just about a week before that, back at Sean's house. Maddie came to me and said, Grandma, I want a private meeting with you. Well, you do, do you? 
Yes. Her two barn cats had disappeared, and she was mortified. Uh, there's, all, there's a lot of snakes, and there's gators, and so things disappear easily. All Maddie's pets had been eaten by gators, or snakes. Her, I think her, um, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so Maddie wants a private meeting. So we went in the Kubota. She drove it. All eight years of her just, oh, she was just a bundle of energy. We drove the Kubota over to the arena, and we played with the, oh, I was going to say what, Matt, what Sean did to help Maddie lose the kit cats was he got two new little white kitties. She forgot all, all together about the ones that were gone. It worked. So we went over to play with the kitties, and she said, now we have to go in the arena so nobody will interrupt us, and I want to talk to you about baptism. I said, what? You want to talk about baptism? And she said, remember? Remember you told me that story about John the Baptist? And you told me that when you became a Christian, you were baptized in water to, and she even, re, she, this was her terminology, to identify with Christ. I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm going to have surgery in a week, and I haven't been baptized. I said, well, we better, we better look after that. And so we did. And she said, Grandma, just before we do that, I want, I want you to tell me what to pray to make sure Jesus is in my heart. And uh, I know I asked Jesus in my heart before, but I just want to make sure before I go to surgery that that's where he is. So I'm not sure what to say, so will you tell me what to say? And if I agree with you, I'll say it. I said, all right. So when we were finished the prayer, and we had a plan for the baptism, she was as happy as Larry. We got into the Kubota and went back to the house, and she said, let's go upstairs by ourselves. We went upstairs, and uh, she said, does God ever talk to you? I said, well, I don't hear voices. I take pills for that. <laughs> but God did speak in real voices in the Bible, but I haven't ever heard God's voice, literally. But I've felt his direction. And I said, the main way that God talks to you is through the Bible. And I read my Bible every day. Oh, okay. Oh, that's how you know what God wants you to do. Yeah, that's right. So she said, well, coming back to the house, God told me something. I said, he did? I thought, oh, my goodness, I hope this is okay. She said, she stood up and she said, God told me I'm going to be okay. We thought that meant she was going to be okay here on earth. Apparently, that's not what God meant. 
But you know, it was all Maddie needed to not be afraid for the surgery anymore. When she woke up from the surgery, I was hanging over her bed and she said, I'm going to be okay. I said, yes, you are, darling. And the next few days were tedious, to say the least. But after Maddie passed away, it, it felt like I've, my dad just passed away a few years ago, and, and I was devastated. My dad was a big deal to me. I was crazy about my father. But he was in his 90th year. And every morning he woke up, he said, I'm listening for the trumpet. He wanted to go home. He could hardly walk. He needed help. It was over for him. And so as sad as I was to lose him, it was the right time and the right way. But Maddie's was a different deal. She was eight years old, and she was full of life. But God has a reason. And you know, I don't have to know what it is, because I trust him. And you know something? Trusting him is our worship. You've been doing a series on worship. And usually in worship, we think of the worship here. And what a lovely worship team you have. Just, just lovely. That little guy on the drums is excellent, isn't he? <laughs> so God has a plan and we don't necessarily ooh, there it goes um, we don't know what it is and you know what we don't need to know we just need to trust um, I, in my nurse's training I assisted at a cup it wasn't really assisting but they pretended so that you know what they're doing I didn't want to be an OR nurse. I wanted to have live people. I mean, uh, awake people. <laughs> people in the operating room are usually alive, too. And uh, I just wanted to know that God was in it. And when I knew that this was God's desire, it wasn't because he wanted another flower in his garden, either. He had a plan. It was better for Maddie. It's going to be better for everybody. I don't know how. All I know is he's a God of the impossible, and he is in the business of reaching out and helping people. He wants to bring all of us home to safety in, his, in faith in him that one day we can all be together forever. And you know what? Heaven is going to be a blast. They're going to have music, like unbelievable music. They're going to have the best coffee you ever tasted. It is going to be beyond anything we can imagine. And when we decide that when something difficult happens in our life, that we are going to trust him, even though we don't get it, that's worship. When we choose to love someone who it's not easy to love. That's worship. 
The Bible says if you say, say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. So, you know, that hit me like a ton of bricks about 45 years ago. And it was, it was like a new revelation to me. You mean I'm not allowed to not like anybody? Yep. So that means work. That means thinking about it. It doesn't mean everybody has to be your best friend. But you cannot hold resentment. It doesn't matter. We are all people, and we are equal in God's sight. There isn't anything that makes us different um, other than temporary things. We are all human, and the only thing God wants to do in our lives is to pre prepare us for eternity. And when we start letting him, that's worship. It means a choice to be kind to everybody. Even someone who's saying something unkind to you. God wants us to love. I was walking with a friend of mine that I used to nurse with, and she's, um, she's, she's an interesting lady, and uh, we've known each other since we were about 19 years old and both a size three. <laughs> However, both of those things are gone forever. But uh, we were going down the street, and there was a, a man sitting on the street with a cup, and I put money in it. And she said, can't you see that guy's got expensive boots on? What's your point? She said, well, what do you think he's going to use the money for? I don't know, and I don't care. He's begging. He must need something. Maybe he needs food. She said, oh, I saw those expensive boots. He doesn't need food. I said, you know what, honey? We can just differ on this. Because I just, I just wanted to do it. And I do it. And, and if you're not comfortable with it, then you don't have to look. And she said, well, I think you're crazy. And I said, well, you've thought that for a long time, so we're still friends. It's been over 25 years. You know, it's okay. Actually, it's almost 50 years. We've never got along. She doesn't, can't stand me talking about, and I'm, she call, what does she call me? She's very left-wing, and I'm right-wing, but I never comment on anything to do with any of that in front of her or there's... You know, it's not worth it. But I can say, you know what? We don't have to agree on everything. We can still be friends. She said, why do you want to be my friend? I yell at you though, every time we're together. And I said, huh? I think you're yelling quieter than you used to. <laughs> she said, that's because I got a cold. The point is, Jesus is love. God is perfect love. If we are going to serve him, then we have to love. We have to love. So when there's someone you don't like or you don't like their behavior, 
then you take it to prayer and you figure out what God wants you to do and how to do it so that it's beneficial and not harmful to you or them. It, it, it doesn't come easy, and sometimes it seems like it's impossible, but, but it isn't. And you're not responsible for anybody but yourself. I'm responsible for what I think and for what I say. And when I say something that's kind and loving, then God is pleased. And if I say something harsh or critical, um, that's not worship. That's my own agenda. So worship is the cleansing of the inside so that we do things and say things and act in a way that is pleasing to God, that is beneficial to his kingdom. God is so patient. I think patience is right up there with perfection. And, you know, we're complicated, we humans. Our brains are complicated. Our bodies are complicated. Our appetites are complicated. But God wants to have free reign in your heart and mind. And that's the only time you find peace. It's the only time you find peace. Jesus loves you. He wants to show you how to live. He wants to protect you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to benefit you. But you have to put him first and his ways first. And if you don't do that, then you're on your own. Because in order for God to do his work in us, we have to submit. And that's really all he's looking for is a people who will submit. You don't give up your brain. You ask God to help you see what is real and true instead of your perspective. He changes your perspective. You see some... A homeless person on the street that is, is dirty and unkempt and maybe speaking in a way that is, isn't particularly nice. And you say, you know what, that's someone who, whom Christ died for. If there's anything I can do to help them, I will. And I know you can't help every homeless person, but you can help some. Grace Hodder isn't here, is she? Well, Grace Hodder um, called me because she was having a, an appointment, a meeting in Hamilton, um, and this was almost three years ago. And uh, so I was to meet her outside of the, the Spice something, can't remember the full name of the building. And uh, so I was just walking the sidewalk. It was a sunny, warm day, and I was just waiting for Grace. And this young lady walked past me, and uh, I smiled at her. And she looked at me, and then she went back and she said, you know, I just went to the bank because my check should have been deposited, and there's nothing there, and I don't have any food. Could you, could you help me with a bit of food? And I said, well, I don't have any money on me, but 
there's a cash machine just, just around the corner. So if you'll come with me, I'll get you a 20 for some food. So that's what we did. And I gave her my card with my phone number. Frank said, now that's where you, where you should have stopped. Because Nikki started phoning me. And I started having coffee with her every other day. Taking her for groceries. Paying for somebody to kill the cockroaches in her apartment. And on and on. But one day when I was in Florida, and Nikki and I had been friends for a few months by that time, she called me and she said, Maureen, I got kicked out of my apartment. What am I going to do? You know, it's too cold to be outside. And I said, I, I'm in Florida. I don't know what I can do. I, I don't know. I said, let's just pray. So we said a prayer over the phone. She called me back in an hour. And she said, guess what? A lady came by and said to me, come and stay at my house for a few days until we figure out how we can get you something. I said, Thank you, Lord. She said, it's an old lady about your age. She started going to church with her because it was right down near where both of them lived. It was an a evangelical Lutheran church, and, uh, she, and she loved it. I'd given her a Bible, and we talked about Bible input when we were having our coffee and stuff. But she said, oh, she said, it was wonderful. She said, I asked Jesus into my heart, and I took part in communion, and I had the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. And I said, Nikki, that's fabulous. She said, oh, I feel so much better. Now, it wasn't, you know, from here to here overnight. But God has been so faithful to her. She had been um, a meth addict for most of her life. Her mother was a prostitute and uh, an addict and told her if she wanted to eat, that's what she had to do. So that's what she did. You know, I don't, I don't know a lot of prostitutes personally. But you know, I know one now. And actually, I know about three because I've met a couple of her friends. And they sometimes come for lunch with us. She says, oh, she'll pay for your lunch. You know, it's not that I'm rich. I'm just stupid. I just give it away easy because if my bills are paid, then... Whoever needs it. But that's worship from my perspective. Helping somebody. Nikki never had anybody that she could love or count on. And now she's got two 70-year-old ladies who care about her and help her every other day. God loves you. He wants to use us. The world needs salt and light. And that's worship. It, it's not just what we do on Sunday, although that's fabulous and important and necessary. But it's how we live. Do we love people? Do we forgive easy? Are we prejudiced against any kind of people group? Any kind of prejudice is not tolerated by God. People first. Jesus loves people. 
He made them in his image. Oh, I'm not going to go into that. It'll take me way too long. <laughs> Worshippers care about what God wants from them. You know, when I started, re- I, I, my whole life I struggled with doing devotions regularly. I'd do it for a few days and then a few weeks and then I'd drop it for a few weeks and blah, 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 blah. You know, new children, babies in the family and, and things come along and change your schedule and then you're working nights and, you know, on and on. We've all got our list of excuses. But since I have committed to, I just have found mountains of incredible information that help me to live and strength. And I, and I try and concentrate on one or two verses every day after I've done my reading. It'll change your life. But you can't just decide that you're going to worship by serving God well every day of your life if you don't figure out how you're going to do it. So I dare you, when you go home today or the next time you've got a few minutes to sit down, decide on a couple things you can do to help you walk with God. Because he wants to help you. He wants to help you in every area of your life. And he does it. The answers to prayer that I get continually never seem to blow me away. It's just unbelievable that he cares about, he helps me find things all the time. More in the last 10 years than ever before. And I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. But I love Jesus. You know, that's, that's the only thing that tempers the way I live. Jesus loves you. He's preparing an eternity for you. He wants you to bend the knee and acknowledge that you need him. And he'll help you. He'll take your hand and he'll help you. Worship him. Because he's worthy of our worship. How do you do that? You say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I have so much when so many have so little. I never knew how little some had until I was in Ethiopia and Ukraine and some of these places. You've never seen anything like it. But God is our provider. And he continues to provide. And he loves you. As a matter of fact, he's crazy about you. I, to me, people are like a, a box of chocolates. I think, who is, what was his name? Tom Hanks playing that part in that movie. He said, what did he say it was like a box of chocolates? Like, yeah, exactly. And I believe that whatever we ask God to help us do, he helps you do. So my prayer this morning is that 
you would open your heart and mind in a fresh way to whatever God wants from you. I want to walk with you, Jesus. I want to take your hand. I want you to help me because I need you over and over and over again. He strengthens you from the inside out. He brings peace where there's been turmoil and fear and anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety and and depression uh, several times through my life. But Jesus always comes to my rescue. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that is here this morning. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would touch their hearts in a fresh way. Tell them what they need to hear and know. Make a way to communicate with each and every heart that looks to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless each and every one that lifts their face and says, oh, Lord, help me. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the hope of eternity. Thank you for all you mean to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Maureen, you're, you're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you, speak, you speak from the heart and, uh, and you live it out. You are one to, who you've modeled in many, many ways the things that you're asking us or uh, recommending or telling us to do today. And so, telling. Tell, yeah, telling's a good way. <laughs> and, uh, and so I want to I encourage you as a congregation. Shreen and the team are going to lead us in, in worship for a few more. Uh, some of you need to go and we... We understand that, and the children, but the children are taken care of for another 10 minutes, so you don't need to rush out of here, um, but you can take some time to worship God, and allow, as you go at some point uh, later this morning, allow yourself to go and worship, not just in song when we're together, but in the everyday life, in how you live your life for Christ. Be a thankful person. Be a generous person. Be one who wants to honor Christ with all that you say and do. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Shireen, lead us in some worship.